Welcome back to the Georgia 2024 show. We've got a full show tonight, as always. We've got Jason Frazier, who we're going to dive into some Georgia election issues. We've got Vince Sabin, who is the head of the Take Our Border Back Convoy. And Chris Gleason is going to break some big election integrity news for us. We're brought to you by the Georgia Record, georgiarecord.com. Please sign up for our newsletters, sign up for our Rumble channel, CDM1. And our no ad subscriptions is really taking off, and we're really appreciative of our audience. So top right of the Georgia Record, there's a, bar, a, a square there. Sign up for no ads, and you get access to all of CDM's 13 digital sites and with no advertisements. And people love it because they hate pop-up ads. They hate scrolling through ads on their phone, and this really solves that issue. It's 10 bucks a month, and there's a discount for the year. So please help us. It supports us. It gives us good revenue to uh, hire more journalists. And boy, do we need more of those and more support staff because the information flow that is coming to us is really, really uh, like a fire hose. I want to say a big shout out to our new audience at Frank's Speech. Thanks for watching. Uh, more syndication channels are coming. The Georgia show is getting extremely popular, along with CDM's other content, which we'll go into later in the show. Uh, welcome, Bill. Thanks for joining me tonight. Hey, good evening. It's great to see you. So you've got a few things you want to talk about. Go ahead. Well, let's. Uh, we we had one programming change. We were hoping to have, to welcome the uh, winner of the. Nevada primary, but unfortunately, um, none of the candidates was not available for comment um, this evening, so uh, we, we couldn't get them on. And apparently they had nothing to say, although they did take a two-to-one two to, two to one victory over Nikki Haley, so we wanted to at least uh, acknowledge yeah, that that, uh, that effort. Nikki um, Haley, a.k.a. Queen Nimrata. Yeah, Queen Nimrata. <laughs> so... We are uh, we're lucky enough to have Jason Frazier with us this evening, so let's welcome him in. Jason, hey guys, thank you for joining us this evening. It's great to see you. Hey, can we just say that I won that election because yeah. I wasn't on there? Is your middle name <laughs> Nun? <laughs> I, I think so. I could be none of the above. It, it very well could be. <laughs> so, uh, Jason, you're one of the uh, one of the the most experts, uh, you know, on voter rolls in the state of Georgia. I know there's a number of people that are tracking this. But uh, thanks for making time to be with us tonight. We wanted to explore where we are on uh, the voter roll situation a bit. So um, I'll, I'll kick it to you. Why don't you tell us just a little bit very quickly about your background and, and some of the things that you've been working on. And uh, I know you've got some data, too, to show us. So you tell me when to bring sure. it up. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. So, yeah, to, to give people a little bit of background, I mean, I got started in this a uh, little bit after 2020 simply because... You, you listen to the news media and you don't know what to believe. And, uh, and one, one channel is telling you complete opposite of the other. And so I'm kind of a data guy that I just wanted to see the facts. You know, once, once you get into the data, then it's not a, uh, a commentator saying this or that. It's that the data doesn't lie. Well, so, since you started with that, perhaps, perhaps we <laughs> should show how that plays out in the real world. Um, sure. Just, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, we saw... Secretary of State Raffensperger taking uh, taking a pretty good victory lap. Let's uh, let's take a look at that if we could for just a minute. You've done a really great job of cleaning up those roles to almost a, a majority degree. I mean, I think that there are only uh, a few outlier counties where this is still an issue. Can you walk our audience through this initiative and how you got that done, and maybe provide a proto prototype for other states? Well, we have the cleanest voter rolls in the country because we have we do several me uh, measures. Number one is we're doing regular list maintenance. We'll continue to do regular list maintenance through the 2024 cycle. We've also have partnered with our Department of Driver Services 
And so when people go to any of the other 49 states and get a driver's license, we get notification of that through Department of Driver Services. You can't have two driver's licenses, so then we can send a notice to that person. Oh, we understand you got a driver's license here in Texas, North Dakota, Nebraska. It doesn't matter where it is. And, and then we just verify that they have moved there. We can take them off the voter roll. So let me start with what are your first impressions of what you just heard, Jason, based on what you're saying? Um, I think he's trying to make himself look good, but, uh, what he's talking about, I mean, sure. There, there is the fact that when you move and you turn in your driver's license, a lot of those do get, uh, come back to Georgia and they get notified. The problem is, is counties like Fulton don't take them off. So they're notified They move them to inactive, but if they showed up to vote, they could still vote just the same. So when you hear we have the cleanest voter rolls in the, in the country, is that your experience? Uh, that is not my experience, and I've I've recently started looking at voter rolls in other states, and uh, I mean, compared to Georgia or compared to Florida, I mean, Florida's not perfect either, but we are tremendously worse than them. And well, I work with bad. folks. That, I know that myself. So Georgia yes, must be really yes. bad. <laughs> Georgia is really bad, and I work with some uh, some national groups, and they look at voter rolls across the country uh, to run national change of address registries. And they really struggle running Georgia through the system the first time because there are so many issues with it that they've got to uh, kind of massage the data to even get it uh, to run through the system. Yeah. So to your point a minute ago, I found it astounding that they would start the interview we just took a look at by saying, oh, well, you've done such a great job. I, when, uh, when you speak with people around Georgia, there's a horrendous concern about the state of our voter rolls. And unless I miss my guess, didn't we see uh, someone from Fulton County admit just recently that they, in fact, were not doing a, a cleanup process within that county uh, as, that, as they should? That That is a fact. Uh, our our uh, Fulton County Board of Elections chair admitted on the record that they do not uh, uh, look at their voter rolls on their own. They, they take the... The registrations that come from the Secretary of State, those notifications, and, and we'll work those, but they do not uh, independently go through the voter rolls and, and try to maintain them themselves, wow. in a number of words. Wow. Concerning. Very concerning. So you've been working some other initiatives. Maybe uh, maybe we could spend a few minutes and go through some of those. Is that all right? Sure, sure. Yeah. So uh, you were asking kind of where I got started. I, yep. I started out looking at Fulton County's voter rolls because in the state of Georgia, you can only submit a voter challenge in the county where you reside. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I looked at Fulton. Fulton is by far the worst county I've looked at in the state. And this uh, this slide kind of shows examples of what I found. I mean, the first bullet there are approximately 10,000 people registered two, three, four, as many as 11 times in Fulton County. I found 500 people that didn't even have a date of birth. A lot of those have voting history. I'm not sure how you vote with no date of birth in the system, but they, they do use a placeholder of 1900, which uh, really doesn't help their cause. I don't think anybody is, uh, is still voting that was born in 1900. Um, missing address, literally it's typed in the system as missing address street. And uh, I mean, if you don't have an address, how are you, how are you picking a precinct? How are you uh, picking who to vote for mayor and city council, that sort of thing, if you don't even have a street address, it's but they let them one, vote. It's also one of the requirements in Georgia law that you have a, um, 
an address associated with your registration that is in the county you are uh, you are registered in. Is that correct? That is correct. And it has to be a residential address. It can't be a, a UPS box, FedEx box. It has to be a res a, a it has to be where you live. And uh, and that has been a problem. I mean, if you live at Missing Address Street, I don't think there's a house on that street. So that's that's clearly an invalid registration. Right. And then maybe, uh, some maybe, of the other. Maybe, go maybe ahead. None, maybe none of the above lives at Missing Address. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that but then they, be how could they be running for an office in Nevada? That just doesn't make sense either. Yeah, there's, yeah. There's so much it, wrong with that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and some some of the other ones are uh, are business addresses. I mean that that two thousand predominantly those are UPS stores, FedEx stores, virtual mailboxes, uh, USPS boxes. But uh, I don't think I know anybody that can fit in those little boxes. So uh, so those are not legal registrations. Another one is uh, storage self storage locations. I mean, just about every one of them in Fulton County had at least one person living there, hmm. or at least pretending to live there. Um, and then, uh, the other one toward the bottom is, uh, imaginary houses or typos. You wouldn't believe the number of typos in the motor rules. I mean, a lot of them, I went a little deeper and if it was said two, four, two main streets, I tried to find the name on the street that owned the house and it might be four, two, four. And so I tried to notify Fulton County, Hey, th this is clearly incorrect. They would not listen to me. They, they treated it as a challenge, made the person come in and defend the right to vote. And I just want it cleaned up. So that way, if that person requests an absentee ballot, it's going to the right house. There's not going to have an issue. But Fulton County, clearly, they don't want clean voter rolls. They're very difficult to work with. They, they're just not an easy bunch. We'll put it that way. Yeah. And, uh, and then a lot of dead people. I found uh, I haven't spent much time looking at dead folks, but... Essentially, if you just sort the voter rolls from the oldest to the youngest and Google the name and the word obituary, you can find them all day long. They're they're not good at taking them off, and uh, there's there's a lot on there. I, it was reported to me that another county that looked at their and they did the same thing. They looked at the oldest basically, and yes. started from the oldest moving backwards. They took uh, a list of something like three hundred of the uh, the oldest in a county of a quarter million and found that of those 300 fully 15% were had passed on and should not have been on that's 15% of one sample that they started with it was astounding yeah um okay and, well, and that's just the ones they found yep so should we move on to the next screen yeah yeah we can jump on to the next one there okay there we go so after diving into Fulton County uh, for for a couple of years, I, I have finally expanded out a little bit. I mean, uh, I won't dive too deep into it, but uh, long and short of it is I was nominated to be on the Fulton County Board of Elections. And the I won't go too deep into that, but the Board of Commissioners denied that seat illegally. And that was kind of good for me as it uh, let everyone in the state know that, hey, if they are illegally denying somebody on that board, he must be doing something right. Mm -hmm. So I've had countless people from around the state, around the country reaching out to me. And so I've been teaching people in other counties how to do the same thing. And, uh, and so I started looking at the entire state and giving people, uh, I've, I've been teaching them how to find them themselves. I'll give them a few easy ones like same person at the same address, 
show them how to find the UPS store residents, things of that nature, and then they're turning in challenges. And then uh, more recently, after, after Rafi decided to say we had the cleanest voter rolls in the country, I decided to look at everyone that uh, moved out of state from Georgia. So what they do is they'll file a uh, national change of address, just like anytime somebody moves, they usually forward their mail, right? Mm-hmm. And so whenever you file that documentation, we can find that. And all I did was check to see if the same person in Georgia that's registered today said they, they moved to Florida or North Carolina. And then I looked at that address in those states to see if that person is there on those voter rolls. And I, uh, I mean, it took me an afternoon and I found 32,000 people registered in either Florida or North Carolina and still in their Georgia, uh, Georgia voter roll. So let me so, make sure I, I understand that correctly. One yeah. afternoon of research that you did showed 32,000 people with multiple voter registrations in at least two states. Is that That's it? correct. So when Rafi says they moved to Florida and got a new driver's license, which is typically one of the steps of uh, registering to vote, that driver's license would have, they would have notified Georgia that they no longer live here. That should have triggered them to be removed. Clearly, if I can find 22,000 people registered in Florida and in Georgia, they're not doing something right. I mean, I don't have full date of birth. I don't have driver's license number. I don't have social security number. I'm just looking at move records. So I'm just, I'm just scratching the surface on that, that a total of 32,000. Right. A state individual could find a heck of a lot more if they, if they wanted to. So as we sit here today, we are the, we're at the end of the first week of February. We have um, a, a scant few months left before we get into um, the actual election cycle coming up, uh, running up to November. We're just before the primary, obviously, for the presidential race. Um, there is still time to uh, help take action and challenge voters who are in it. Uh, I, I shouldn't say voters. I should say registrations, because many of these, as you've described, are not people. They are registrations, and they are for people that are no longer here. And so uh, challenging it simply points out to the election boards in the various counties, correct me if I'm wrong, that they have ineligible voters still on their rolls. And there is a set process to do that, correct? That, that's correct. That's correct. And and we're not inhibiting anybody's right to vote. They can vote in their new state. That's where they said they moved to, and that's where they're registered. So we're just saying, I want you to vote once. Right. I want you to vote, but just once. Or, or if they move to another county, or if Correct. they move to a different address and their address isn't 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 uh, valid anymore, but especially if they move to another county, they need to be registered appropriately with the correct address in the correct place. Um, interestingly enough, this was uh, a lot of this was wrapped around uh, the True the Vote case, which was um, uh, ruled upon by uh, Judge Steve Jones in January, and they found that True the Vote having in 2020 challenged 364,000 and some change registrations is ineligible. That was uh, perfectly acceptable and consistent with Georgia law. It did not violate the National Voter Rights Act, uh, Section 11B, which um, Stacey Abrams' uh, NGO Fair Fight had claimed that they violated that. The judge ruled they had not. So 
this is very encouraging for those that want to take action and help clean their own county's voter rolls, isn't it? It, it helps them feel confident that, hey, what I'm doing is justified and, and uh, defined under Georgia law, and I should be helping clean these where I believe that there's error. That's fair statement, I, I would assume, yes? Absolutely. You nailed it there, Bill. And if somebody wants to get into uh, to challenging registrations, I would highly recommend that they uh, they read um, the the results from that, that case simply because it, it would give you some pointers on maybe what not to do, such as don't reach out and try to contact the voter, things of that nature, because they might view that as harassment or voter intimidation Whereas you just want to show the data to your county, say, hey, they moved based on this data, and then allow the county officials to do their job and, and clean up their voter rolls. In some counties, there's, there's groups already organized that are helping people learn what to do and how to do it, and very frankly, what not to do as well. Um, I, I hadn't pre prepared you for that question for this evening, but do you have a few of those that you could refer to or someplace that folks should look first to find out how they link up with the local organization and perhaps their county that would help them learn? Yeah, I mean, um, so the GOP is, is one, of the, uh, one of the avenues or, or whatever political organization you are associated with. A lot of those people have voter rolls or you can buy the voter roll from the state or county. Uh, the state voter roll is $250 from the Secretary of State site or the county, I want to say, is $50. But uh, there are other places to get those uh, those for with with candidates or with the GOP or I would imagine the uh, the Democrat Party would would share those also. Um, so that way you can just start looking through those or or there are some websites like Vote Ref. Uh, that you can uh, look up different people to see if they're they've moved to a couple of states or or just start getting your feet wet and understanding uh, what what voter rolls look like yep. as there is a heck of a learning curve. So uh, we'll take an action item in the Georgia record. We'll make sure that we we uh, confirm uh, some of the groups in some of the bigger counties and also would recommend folks take a look at truethevote.org. And they have a tool called mm -hmm. IV3, which they will be uh, turning, or I have actually, I think, already turned back on, that will help folks research voter rolls that are appropriate to their area and will also provide some links and learning uh, so that they know what to do. That brings up an, another interesting point. Remember, we, we had mentioned that True the Vote had uh, assisted citizens in challenging uh, 364,000 ineligible registrations back in 2020 and were found uh, were found to be the winner of that case, if you will. In addition, right after that uh, finding was published by uh, the judge in that case, uh, Greg Phillips, who runs OPSEC, one of the firms that works closely with Through the Vote, published an update that I thought we'd share this evening, and that was here. And maybe you can take us through this. I think you're familiar with it. And it kind of was, well, Here's where we were back in 2020, um, and you better be aware, here's where we are today. So maybe take us through this briefly, Jason. Oh, uh, yeah. So essentially, they just looked at people that uh, that relocated and are still on the voter rolls. And long and short of it is whenever I mentioned that I found 32,000 people in uh, either Florida or North Carolina, I was just looking at two states. If you look at all the states and you look at all the people within the state that have moved, say, from Fulton to Gwinnett, 
And a lot of times when you move from one county to the other, that registration is supposed to move. But many times you move from Fulton to Gwinnett and your Fulton registration stays and you just become re-registered in Gwinnett and your other registration stays for years. So doing a little digging and with the True the Vote folks, they are big data people. They understand this stuff and they can find a tremendous number of these. And whenever you start looking at the other you know, 47 states, that number is going to grow tremendously. So again, don't look at my 32,000 as, as that's a great number. That is just a drop in the bucket. So whenever they're showing, uh, what is it? 430,000. Yeah. I think uh, part of what Greg was communicating here is the problem that existed, uh, in 2020 that they found and confirmed through the work of citizens all over Georgia is in fact, not gotten any better. It's actually, despite what Mr. Raffensperger offered on that other show, uh, it's gotten worse. And we need to know that. Yes, yes. And uh, after I spoke to you earlier today, I ran a duplicate registration uh, analysis. And there are thousands of people that it it looks like the new new Jarvis system, which is our election management system that uh, they implemented in Georgia, I don't want to say it's got some bugs, but it may not be working quite right because there are a lot of people that when they get registered once, it adds them two or three times or as many as five. I've, I've got people that are registered six times, and I don't know if it's a, a, a key issue to where the, the employee hits enter, it doesn't, doesn't work, so they hit enter again two or three times, and then all of a sudden they're registered five times. Wow. So one way or another, there is a problem whenever somebody's getting registered five and six times over and over and over. Well, let's make that our next discussion. We'll we'll delve into Jarvis and so forth, and we we will have you on. I'm sure quite a number of times through this election cycle, and uh, want want the work, and uh, wish you well as you go through doing it. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate it. Not going away. <laughs> we will we Thanks, will Jason. see you soon. All right. Whoops, sorry, didn't mean to cut you off, Jason. All right, back to you. Uh, Todd. Well, that was, I, I uh, think that was uh, you know we're we're building a merch site, and I I think we need to have like. Bill and Todd bobbleheads, so we can be like that journal. <laughs> <laughs> you mean you mean like you mean like the guy on uh, that other show? I forget what yeah. his name is. I, yeah, um, yeah. For for when Raffy talks, we're just like this. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I really seemed uh, almost almost animated. I don't know why. Anyway, so one of our uh, sponsors is David Cross. He's a fantastic uh, fiduciary advisor, and uh, here we have a word from him. Knowing how to invest your money is harder than ever before. Dealing with stock market volatility, record debt, and terrorist attacks requires new thinking. At U.S. Asset Management, we can help you see the world more clearly so that you can move beyond the chaos and invest with confidence. Call us, visit us online, or drop by our office. U.S. Asset Management, helping you make better decisions with your money. So, Bill, uh, before we bring on our other guests, you wanted to talk about a few things. Go ahead. Well, so there's there, there are some very interesting dynamics going on in Georgia um, at the moment that I thought were important for us to bring up tonight. Uh, many people have seen us in the last week report on uh, Senator Colton Moore's finding in uh, investigating what was going on in Hartsfield Airport, and he discovered uh, a hidden room, if you will, being guarded by military personnel that was being used to uh, traffic, essentially, what 
everybody appears to to be illegal aliens through Hartsfield and then shuttling them off both to other flights and other locations. This morning, there was an article published regarding Colton Moore's findings, and it claims that he's spreading falsehoods about airport trafficking. And we're going to show you something in, in an ancillary piece in just a moment. But uh, just like we saw this, you know, astounding conclusionary reporting that uh, we, we associated with Secretary of State Raffensperger just a few moments ago, we find this to be remarkable. Many people, thousands, probably millions now, have seen the video that uh, Colton Moore and his uh, team took looking in this room and were told that they could ultimately they could not take any video. You're not allowed. You're done. And they attempt to take the phone away from a sitting senator in Georgia. He was labeled to wrestle it back. But ultimately, that's what happened. And yet we have supposedly a, um, a publication that they claim people can count on claiming that this is uh, Senator Colton Moore spreading falsehoods. It's just mockingbird media. It's People it's astounding, and I, I I hesitate to make direct comments about them, but I will tell you that I will. <laughs> it, it does not build credibility for anybody to be claiming this when you can see the video. Go right ahead. Yeah, well, I I mean I'll, I'll oh. just call them out. They're mockingbird media. They're they're telling they're reporting. They're not reporters. They're scribes. So. Okay, so we wanted to call it out and and restate that folks need to be watching what uh, Colton Moore, the rest of his team, and others are reporting about these organizations that are doing this. It isn't just Hartsfield. It's not just Atlanta. It's We, we expect to find much more and are finding much more, and we are going to bring it to the folks. Second piece revolves around basically the same issue, but perhaps even more, a little bit more troubling. And what we wanted to do was show the difference in posture by very frankly, our own governor, going back to prior to his election, the way that he talked about migrants coming into Georgia and the way that it's being talked about now. So I'm just going to play this. It's going to take just a, just a few moments. Kemp, I'm so conservative. I blow up government spending. I own guns that no one's taking away. My chainsaw's ready to rip up some regulations. <laughs> I got a big truck, just in case I need to round up criminal illegals and take them home myself. Yep, I just said that. I'm Brian Kemp. If you want a politically incorrect conservative, that's me. Kate Steinle, Edwin Jackson, and the Cannon family, all killed by illegal immigrants. Donald Trump is right. We must secure the border and end sanctuary cities. As Secretary of State, Brian Kemp fought Obama twice and won to stop illegal immigrants from voting. I'll do the same as your governor. I'll enforce the ban on sanctuary cities and track and immediately deport all criminal aliens so our kids don't become the next victims. Conservative businessman Brian Kemp for governor, putting Georgians first. I think the American people are ready for the president to do something. And, you know, the White House yesterday in response to the uh, Republican governors that are standing with Governor Abbott and sent a letter. You know, they're saying, call your member of Congress and get them to work out a deal. I mean, look, this buck stops with the White House and President Biden. 
He had both houses of Congress from 2020 to 2022 and didn't do a damn thing about the crisis at the border. And now that it's gotten political, they're trying to lay the blame on somebody else. This is actions that the president can take today to turn this tide and stand with Governor Abbott instead of working against him. When Jay Johnson in the Obama administration said 1,000 was a bad day, 4,000 would be untenable. Yet this bill's got a threshold of 5,000 people a day. And for many people, including, I'm sure, the governor of Texas, that's too many. What do you say? Well, thanks for having me on, guys. I, I would say from somebody that's out there where the rubber meets the road, just like Greg, Greg Abbott is in Texas, I would remind uh, the president of what I said last year out at the World Economic Forum over a year ago. Uh, it's great. The company of volunteers. Yeah. Team Liberty. Yeah. Okay. Is that a uh, is that a non-government organization? What is that? Yeah. Yeah. So you receive. How'd you get the job? I'm a volunteer. I mean, I just there's people that they get dropped off here from ice detention with no help, so we just. Yeah. Sounds good, man. Care if we? Uh, good? Yeah, you care if I come in? Just take a little closer look. I mean, you can stand right there. I'm, I'm, okay. I don't know you that very. I don't know you very well either. So yeah, just let me, let me get a video. If you uh, actually, you cannot get a video. No. no. You cannot get a video. No, you're not allowed. You're not allowed. No. You're done. Okay. I think that video speaks for itself. Yeah, it makes you wonder what rubber and what road <laughs> Kemp's talking about. That's right. sure the Belton Road Initiative, perhaps? I don't know. Yeah, sure isn't but the it, one down to Hartsfield Airport, that's for sure. But Georgians are smart. They are figuring this out. They are concerned about it. And um, to uh, to something that President Trump said a couple of weeks ago, we're not going to put up with any BS. Yeah. And talking about support for Texas when you've got this going on at home and are doing nothing, you're not even talking about it, that's BS. Yeah. And even, you know, the assault on a sitting state senator by, you know, federal personnel, nothing from the DA either, you know, that's right. Attorney General Carr. So that's what we have on, on that topic for tonight. I bet we're going to have more. And one of our sponsors that we want to support is Glade Miller Smith out in Nebraska, the family farm beefbox.com. Uh, a quick word from him. It's going to be a good day. This Monday, we do have a little bit left available here. Check us out, familyfarmbeefbox.com. Thanks. Have a good day. Let's bring Mr. Gleason in, please. Chris, thanks for coming on. Uh, again, short notice. We're always like, let's get Gleason on. He's putting out this stuff. So, <laughs> so welcome to the show. We've got about 10 minutes. Uh, we're on the clock now since we are on Frank all the time. So, Tell us what's going on. So all kinds of great stuff. Um, we're winning. We are winning um, some battles here. Um, there was a great win this week up in Maine. A conservative group uh, got the federal courts to rule that uh, voter rolls and list maintenance were public records that 
were required to be given over, which is great. Um, we saw uh, Ron DeSantis's uh, administration last year pass SB 7050, which exempted uh, list maintenance activities from public records requests. They did that here in Florida because we caught them on all of those uh, undeliverable ballots and the flipping of the voting rolls and all of that neat stuff. That was uh, when we took the 50000 we found in Miami-Dade to Court Bird and he said, sue me. That's right. <laughs> that's right. But so, that's okay. Court yeah. Bird is going to have his day. He's going to get his suit. And there's going to be a whole lot of other people getting sued too. So uh, this week in Texas, we uh, we got our hands on some good stuff. Um, and uh, in Maryland, we got our hands on some really good stuff. So, and it's all, you know, it's all one uh, real big, nasty RICO operation, right? Same patterns of fraud that you're seeing in Georgia, are the same patterns of fraud that we see in the voter rolls in Maryland and Texas and Florida. And so we've been really hammering on this blank ballot issue, right? Um, we've got a lawsuit uh, that we're working on uh, getting through in Maryland. And as we were, uh, as we were get preparing for uh, the suit, uh, a concerned citizen sent me a election judge manual from Maryland. And in the election judge manual, we had this great thing. It was amazing. It was a document that said that they do generate the machine configuration reports like we knew, right? But we have them in writing saying that they do it. And then further in that chapter, they said that <laughs> they addressed the blank ballots and how blank ballots are supposed to be flagged and voters are supposed to be given a chance to cure a 100% blank ballot. So as, we, as we're getting this, I'm, I'm getting in stuff from Texas. And lo and behold, we get a new manual. We get an updated manual on the DS200 tabulators for ESNS, our good friends over at ESNS. They're doing their best to keep us from getting these manuals. And they're in Texas, they're claiming copyright exemptions. So, like, there's no such thing as fair use, right? So, and you know, public records. I mean, why, why would we ever have transparency in the systems? So, what we found in this manual is that there is an ability for somebody at the precinct level to override the machine settings that allows blank ballots to be cast without notifying voters. Well, wow. Wow. So that's a big deal in Georgia because the curling case, uh, the supposed solution is to get rid of one piece of equipment, but allow the rest. Am I right, Bill? I believe that's currently the level of discussion. There is a briefing coming tomorrow that may give us uh, more depth on where they are in the discussions. So, I mean, they're trying to like keep certain things in order to keep, keep the, 
the malware going, I should say. Yeah, the the, the election fraud, um, electronic election fraud apparatus um, yeah. going. But here's the thing, right? And this is the really important part about this. We know that the systems are compromised. We know that based on the audit logs in the error logs, right, that they far exceed the maximum allowable error rate. Mm -hmm. And in, in particularly in Georgia, right? In Georgia, um, I was, those were the first set of logs that I looked at. And the, and the amount of error logs were, it was, it was, it was insane. I mean, Gwinnett County, I mean, their central tabulator, I mean, and it was there, you know, that we saw that unreadable ballots, um, those ballot images weren't being recorded. And, you know, and that correlated elsewhere with the ESNS machines. So these are, these are systems that are uncertifiable in every, in every way, shape and form. So really there needs to be some challenges to the machines and the use of the machines because they clearly don't meet the EAC requirements and you know we're we're in the process of of doing some really interesting stuff here in Florida and in Maryland, and um, there's going to be a very tight timeline that the courts are going to have to hear some of the stuff that they're going to have lobbed into their in their lap. So you know it's shocking, and uh, Chris, even in Georgia, where we had Halderman in the curling trial, essentially hack it with a pen. You haven't heard a peep out of our legislature, especially not the governor's office or the DA's office about this. I mean, it's well, they're beneficiaries of talking it. anymore. Yeah, they're beneficiaries of it. And so, if you think about it, right? Again, I I always mention, and, and I think that this is really critical that I, we we keep mentioning this, right? If you have selections and not elections, the government ceases to be legitimate. And so, I mean, we're, we see it here in Florida. We know Ron DeSantis illegally certified the election in 2020. We know that he illegally certified the election in 2022. Ashley Moody, same thing. And so, it, it, in particular, right, in Maryland, Maryland has not had a legal election since at least 2014. So what does that say about the legislator? I mean, do they know? I mean, do they know that they're they're beneficiaries of this? Are they are they aware? Why aren't they doing anything? It's the old Sergeant Schultz reaction. I see nothing. <laughs> well, we I see mean, it all. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> I know you do. We see it all. So, uh, what else, Chris? Anything else? Um, the. So there's going to be some really, really interesting stuff coming out, I would say, in the next 24 hours, hmm. in particular, with regards to what we're finding and found in Florida, um, Maryland as well. Because really, ultimately, with all of the stuff that we have collected and compiled at this point, it the things speak for themselves, right? So you have the Maryland Board of Elections saying, we don't have any responsive records. We didn't generate these things. Well, we have the audit logs from everywhere else that says that you do. Yeah. 
Same thing in Florida. So whistleblowers need to come forward. I mean, if you're out there and you're in a county office and you are part of what's going on, it's your time to step up and go to the authorities, maybe Congress or us or someone and say, look, man, I know this has been going on and get your name out there as a good guy uh, because justice is coming. I said that today on another show. You know, something uh, for the whistleblower, right? Mm -hmm. um, at least in Florida, and I and this is true, I know in a lot of states, the citizens have the right to request an investigation by a grand jury. Mm -hmm. And this is done at the county level everywhere across yeah. um, these states. And so the citizen, all they have to do is find out where um, the county grand jury is. Typically, they're impaneled prior to the election. And if you have evidence and you have information that you know can make a difference, ask the grand jury to investigate it. It's yeah. your right as a citizen. We've Chris, had, thank you. Uh, Go ahead. Uh, Go ahead. We have, we've had some information on that uh, throughout these past couple of years from uh, ex-former, uh, I should say, judges and, um, and such across Georgia saying the, the same thing. In Georgia and in many states, the grand jury, county grand jury, is uh, one of the most uh, powerful uh, entities in a county, supersedes almost everything, and in fact can reach beyond that county. So uh, your, your advice is, is very well grounded, Chris. P people should figure out how they get, if they have things that need to come to the grand jury, they should figure out how to get them there and they should take them there personally. Chris, thank you. We got to roll. We'll have you back. All right. Talk to you soon, guys. All right, man. See you, Chris. Bye. So we're big on food resilience here and, and self-reliance. Uh, go to cdmfood.com. Winter, or excuse me, spring is coming. It's time to start thinking about what you're going to grow. And uh, Mallory, uh, Marjorie Wildcraft has a lot of free information and she has some really cool study programs on how to grow a lot of nutrition in a very small place with not a lot of effort um, and if you've never done it before. So cdmfood.com, start there and go from there. So thank you, Bill. So I sat down. I didn't sit down. I was sitting down. He was driving with Nick, uh, with uh, Vince Sabin, who headed the Take Our Border Back Convoy and had a good discussion. Uh, I think it's a good overview of what the convoy accomplished, so I'm going to run that now. So we're lucky to have Vince Sabin, who is was the head of the Take Our Border Back Convoy, which went down to Texas and around Eagle Pass and to other parts thereof. Vince, thanks for coming on, man. You're actually driving home to Massachusetts, I understand. You're welcome. Anytime. So can you give us an, an overview of uh, what you think the convoy accomplished? Um. I think it accomplished a showing of Americans from all over the country standing together um, and standing with Texas and coming together with prayer and, and, and God and showing support for our country that we are here. We're, we're not, we're not just hiding, you know, our, we're, uh, the people of this country are concerned about what's going on and what's happening into our, in our country. And uh, my hope is at this point that we, we started a spark and um, 
we can continue to do things and make it even bigger and get the word out even even more places. Uh, you know, there was a lot of people out there that we passed on the roads that weren't able to come. So we're trying to figure out a way to bring it to them. So that's great. So that definitely needs to happen. But how many people do you think or how many vehicles were in the convoy, do you think? <laughs> I started out with probably 20 or 30 in Virginia. And our estimate when we reached Clamato, we were approximately six miles long. Wow. So you, you went to Eagle, you drove, you didn't go to Eagle Pass, you went past it and went to another place, I understand, which was a, a woman who had a, a camp for my uh, children, is that correct? Yeah, it was a children, it's a, a Christian ranch for children um, that the, the it was completely devastated with COVID um, and they almost lost it, but I guess, and uh, so we that's where we went which was 18 miles west of eagle pass in clamato and what's the name of that camp how can people if they're listening how can they help that camp is there a website or anything um i'm not aware of a website okay um, so uh and i you know i had so much going on in my brain the exact name of the camp I should have right on the tip of my tongue. And I don't right at the moment. Um, that's all right. We'll get children's it. ranch in Clamato. We'll get it. And they posted. do need help. Uh, okay. I guess they're, uh, the immigrants that have snuck across the border had broken to their warehouse and taken all their food. Um, so, you know, they're, they're really trying to rebuild so that they can, get the ranch back up and going for the kids. We'll make sure people know what that was or the name was. Did you face any pressure from any of the feds or any kind of law enforcement or any other groups while you were on in the convoy? Exactly the opposite. Um, all the law enforcement that we dealt with were just absolutely wonderful. Um, helping guide traffic we were escorted a few times by them to get us through the towns uh columbia hondo uvalde and all the way down um and those towns i think the whole towns came out and got on the street to support us as we went by uvalde was amazing it was like both sides of the street all the way down through the through the center of town uh, that's amazing. So have you heard anything about what's going on at Eagle Pass? I mean, we're hearing a lot that they've kind of shut that down, but uh, you go a half mile in either direction and it's still coming full on strong. Have you heard anything like that? Well, what I have heard is um, Eagle Pass is shut, was shut down. And of course, we were in Clamato, which is 18 miles west. And I guess as, as we were leaving on Sunday morning, there was about 50 illegals that crossed the, uh, the Rio Grande and were walking up a dirt road right between Eagle Pass and Clamato, about 10 miles west. Um, and we, we had, one of our streamers caught it. 
and caught them walking down the road. When they hit 277, of course, by by the time they got to 277, Border Patrol was there to uh, detain them. So, yeah, that, that's that's just essentially catch and release, right? I mean, they're they detain them and then let them go. Uh, by that time, I I was already on the road, so I don't know what they how they handled that. Yeah, but I do know that they they were detained by when they hit. Uh, 277 they were probably at that point transported to the processing center and released yeah. yeah the sad part about that is at the end um i watched the video of them coming of them walking down this road and the at the end of that group of people with three children looking to be like a 13 year old boy with his younger brother and younger sister, and they had no parents, nobody with them. They were all alone. Yeah. And I, I mean, that's a heartbreaking situation. What do we do about that? I understand, you know, everybody has a right to a, a better life. It's just the way they're doing it and coming in is, is what's wrong. And we got the cartels making billions of dollars of transporting these people. Um, the streamer that streamed that talked to a guy and he said that uh, it was $3,500 a head and $2,500 a head for the kids to the cartel and coyotes to get them across the border. Yeah. So what do you want uh, America to know about this whole situation before we let you go here? What, what should people know? We're in God's hands. Follow God and stand up for our country you know we can all sit at home and say oh i'm ready if something goes on i'm ready i've got my guns i've got my supplies but you can do that alone but you're a lot stronger if you come out and stand up with everybody that was what we were trying to show stand together stand together under god with the power of prayer, armed with the power of God, and and show them that we're not just an individual. Um, the greatest thing that the people of this country can do is stand together and unite. Not, you know, it. I guess it's really good that everybody's at home, you know, already, and they have their guns if they need it and everything else, but. If I can try and put it a simple way, um, think of the settlers and Paul Revere in the dock starting the ride out of from Bunker Hill out there in, in Boston. If the people didn't get together and communicate and stand together, when that guy went riding by with a lantern, they wouldn't have no idea what it was about. But because the, those patriots stood together, communicated, went to went to the the meetings and the events that were going on, they knew what that signal was. So when the time came, they knew where to go. They knew where to stand up and where they had to fight. And they fought for this country and got us this country. And it's got to be the same way. 
you know yeah it's got to be the same way people need to get together they they can protect their neighborhood or whatever but when that signal comes we need where we need to know where to go we need to know where to stand who our general is who who's going to lead us into the fight and if you're sitting home and not going to these events as they come through your area you're not going to know where to go you're not going to know you're going to stay in your house and what are they, what are they saying they got 25,000 military age chinese nationalists in this country now right now that came across that border yeah now i'm not saying this is this is what's going on but let me ask you chris how easy is it to get a gun in the United States? Pretty easy. Okay. How much land have the Chinese bought in the United States? A lot. <laughs> so now the Chinese have a lot of bit land. I'm just using this as an example. Have a lot of land in the United States. It's not hard to buy guns in the United States. So if they bought this land and for the five past five years, they have people buying guns all over the country and stockpiling them on this land. Now we have 25,000 military age Chinese nationals in our country and they put out the word. Now they're organized because they've been organizing this. They've been putting this together. We're not organized. We're spread out. The word's still getting out. People are still waking up, but they're organized. And they put the word out. Now all these Chinese nationals go to the whatever piece of land that they were supposed to, and they pick up their guns. And then they all go to one spot. And now we have an army of 25,000 Chinese nationals sitting in the middle of our country that have are set to, to put a, a front line. We don't. Our people are spread. We don't communicate. Well, how would we react to that? Are you going to sit in your house? Say, say they say they put that front line in Oklahoma City. Are you going to sit in your house in Virginia or, or South Carolina or Massachusetts or New Hampshire and wait for that for them to march across country, or are you going to know where to go and who to follow? Just an example. You know, I got the last happen? question could that happened. Oh, yeah, it, it sure could happen. There's not just 25,000, but 10 million fighting age men. So mm -hmm. the question I have for you before we close here is when we're going to wake up Massachusetts, you're going back to near Boston, right? Yeah, and I'm working on it. I have a podcast <laughs> on Thursday night and I think I've got a uh, like. 12 or 14 newspaper interviews I'm supposed to do when I get back. Um, but, you know, all we can do is get the word out and wake it up, wake it up and put pressure on this administration to literally shut down the border. If it means bringing in the National Guard on that border, if it means bringing in the U.S. military and literally blocking it, stop, you're not coming into our country. I'm not saying shoot them as they come across, but, you know, maybe a couple of gunshots into the air might do something to back them up a little bit. That border needs to be stopped. And this bill that they have on there that they're getting ready to vote on at 6 o'clock tonight.
in Congress, which Congress says it's dead on arrival, but it's going through the Senate. That bill is going to allow 5,000 more people every day, and then they say they can shut the border. But they also put in ways to, oh, we'll shut the border, but it's not really closed. If you yeah. really look at that at this bill, there, they've got they got ways around it. They built loop, loopholes into it, so that yeah, five thousand of people, and we're going to shut the border down, but we can let another two thousand in down the street, type loophole. That can't happen. This needs to close, stop, nobody in, no one, unless they are completely vetted, and we know exactly who we're letting into our country. And we need that wall from one end of the border to the other. And until we do, we need military or National Guard patrolling that border one end to the other and stop the flow. And then we need to go back at the people that are here and start vetting them properly and getting them, sending them back home. Vince, thanks. Yeah, I, I think yours and a lot of others. So uh, thank you for your time, Vince. Uh, you're welcome. Anytime you just you want to, you can reach out to me anytime you need to or you'd like to. All right, Vince. Take care, man. So drive safe. All Cheers. right. You have a blessed. You have a blessed day. Bye. Bye. You want to pull that out? Here we go. So interesting words from our friend. Um, you got anything before we close up? No, it sounds uh, it, it sounds interesting. The uh, I, I uh, wonder if we totaled up all the folks that went from the three streams that we heard, uh, I, I believe last week from Mr. Chambers, who was describing how the three streams were coming from all over the country. I wonder how we would uh, gauge how many people went and uh, how they are reacting to what they saw or, or in some cases didn't say. Well, with that, please check out all of CDM.press's sites. Go to the top menu. You can see CDM sites. You can check out all the local newspapers, our international coverage. We broke the story today, the first outlet that Tucker Carlson has been placed on the Ukrainian. Uh, we think it's run by the SBU, their KGB, uh, the assassination lists. That's huge news. That's the kind of news that we break all day long at CDM. So check out all our sites. Put us in your daily scan and just go through and find out what you're not going to get from anywhere else. I guarantee you. And with that, we'll see you Sunday at 2 p.m. on the Georgia 2024 show. Thank you.